Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Footy in Paradise podcast. Welcome to the Footy in Paradise podcast. Great work oh. from Canando. A little bit of candy finds Welsh. 15 was oh. not called. He's gone around the body. Welsh has kicked a ripper. Here we go. Welcome back. Another episode of the Footy in Paradise podcast. Once again, joined by Jesse Dreva, my co-host. Mate, what a crazy week and a bit of footy. Uh, we're releasing this a little bit late. Uh, we had the Anzac Day game on Tuesday, so we're a bit behind the eight ball, but we'll get this out. We'll get the re- the preview for the round out tomorrow, so you're not missing anything. How's your How's your week been? Yeah, thanks, BC. Uh, good to be back again. It's yeah, longer week of footy, obviously, with the Saturday through to Tuesday, but really cracking games across the board. Uh, you might be able to sound, hear a little bit that uh, sound a little bit nasally, and I think that was probably partly due to the conditions we faced out at Central's Trinity Beach on Saturday. But, uh, again, a really entertaining contest into Tuesday's game, which was also a really cracking game as well. So uh, interesting footy all around. It certainly was, mate. We'll crack straight in. Let's start with Kazali's. Uh, you were there in the morning, uh, watched the first half of the women's game. It was a tight contest, as were the, the as per the Hawks and Saints games from last year, and it followed a similar tune. Uh, Hawks in it, looked dangerous all day, but just couldn't get over the line in that last quarter. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I think it's probably for both teams, obviously the Hawks, it was their first run for the year. So that in itself was always going to to probably catch up to them late in the game. And I think that was something that we definitely noticed was um, they might have run out of legs a little bit. Saints came home, uh, some of their outside runners really got involved in that last quarter. Uh, look, there, there weren't many goals in the game, so it wasn't like there was too much difference between the sides. But the interesting one for me is I think both sides will probably change quite a bit as the year goes on in terms of personnel and game styles as well. I think the Saints are still, um, their streak continues, but they haven't been overly convincing. They're, they're winning games, but still you can see adjusting to a new coaching system, to new players, um, losing obviously a few from last year. And the Hawks as well, they were missing quite a few of their kind of star players that, that will slot back in over the next few weeks. So um, certainly one to watch when there's those two sides play again, uh, because I think there could be a bit of difference. Yeah, definitely. And look, not bad from a Saints point of view. A couple of close wins but still getting over the line as they figure that stuff out with life without a couple of their superstars from last year uh probably jumping the gun into tomorrow's episode but i know i'm hearing a whisper that the saints are going to be missing up to eight next week uh for a variety of reasons uh are coming up against a a very impressive looking south can so one to watch we'll preview that tomorrow Uh, mate let's jump straight into the the men's game at kazali's uh hawks off to a Great start in that first quarter, and it could, you know, it's looking like the upset of the decade. Yeah. Really, at at you know quarter and even half time, they were in the mix. Uh, and then Port just, uh, I'm sure Jack Petrenko had a few words yeah. at half time and ran over the top. Yeah, and I, look, I think it's speaking with Wayne, and I know that was Wayne's messaging before the game. Is is it's more around that consistency in style, and at least that you can go to a game and know how Manando are going to play each week, and that's what they're really trying to establish. And I think that's. Look, having the conversations after the game, I think that's what was really in that first quarter, that pressure around the footy. They've, even just through their pre-season games they've played, they've had fast starts. So again, that's that's something that, that they obviously want as part of their brand and that we'll start to see as the year goes on. Uh, but again, Port's class, they're, they're talented players. Yes, it was a, a really strong start by under, but Port did wrestle back control and uh, yeah, that two and zip to start the season for Port. Yeah, it was always going to be a tough ask for the Hawks, but uh, I think I think the coach and the leaders of that group will be uh, quietly happy with that 
uh, first performance. Uh, a few, a couple of little stats here that I want to highlight. You know, Port dominated the stat sheet overall, but Hawks actually won the contested possessions, 107 to 73, so plus 34. However, they went at 54% disposal efficiency compared to 76% for Port. And I think that was the difference in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, look, it's obviously something, that's where that class really does come out, that the pressure around the footy from the Hawks is something that I think, as we talked about, it's going to be their barometer this year. Um, that outside class is really where they're going to have to obviously match some of these good sides that are used to playing on the big wide open decks that that really, can, that's the differentiator, that's the lines, that's their, their ball use off halfback. That's the same with the Saints, their ability to actually hit the scoreboard. Uh, so that's something that Menunda is going to really have to watch. And Perfect test again, something that we'll talk about tomorrow, but perfect test this week against another team that really liked that contested footy in North Cairns. Yeah, bang on, mate. Uh, we'll take ourselves to a windy and wet Crathen uh, Park on Saturday. Uh, anyone who listened to the commentary probably heard me just whinging constantly <laughs> uh, as I was standing in the, the metal box, uh, just absolutely copping sideways rain. Very, very tough conditions for players uh, all day, and it it didn't get any easier for the Twilight game in the women's. We'll start there, mate. Central's found a way. Yep. It was 12 points to six, uh, which gives you a good indication of how yep. tough the conditions were, but they just willed themselves over the line in, in uh, yeah, a very tough game. Yeah, look, it was, it was hard to pick a winner. I think it was almost, it was sitting in the goal square for the Lions late in that, that last quarter, and it looked like, are they... Are they Got to get it through, or are we going to sit at a draw? Or are they, but those conditions were really difficult, and uh, we will go through our MVP votes later. And, and we didn't include anyone from the Lions or uh, from Centrals, but more so because it was tough conditions. It just was a get that space, try and get the ball forward, and if we can capitalise on the scoreboard, great. But look, certainly we we watched that Centrals game first round. They were they were really disappointing against the Cutters but a much improved performance. There were a few personnel changes, some quality back into the side, mm. but I do think that is something that at least that's a positive for, for Coach Fraser Lucas to really take from, from that first game. It's like, okay, well, there is at least something there that we can work with because the Lions are still, as they showed against the Saints round one, they're, they're going to be up and about as a contender this year. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think Ruby Nandy and Brooke Knight were the big inclusions yep. uh, this week that really helped out the likes of uh, um, uh, Amelia Buckley and Naomi Reedy, who yep. were the ones who got their hands on the ball last week. So that's those sort of key four players um, are, the, are the core of that group, I think. Yep. Um, and we'll look to them to uh, see their success this year. We'll go back to the men's game, so the senior game, that was a 2.30. First half was... Oh, turnover central, uh, pretty hard to watch, to be honest. Yep. We've got some A-class players just chipping it to opposition, 20-meter kicks missing mark, handballs everywhere, yeah. not very tidy. Uh, we were fortunate or unfortunate to overhear Aaron Davies' halftime spray, and I'll tell you what, it was uh, one of the best I've seen. Um, I'm sure he's given a few of those in his time, but you know the boys responded and came out in second half and just absolutely blitzed it in that third quarter. Um, and then credit to Centrals, they, they responded as well. They bounced back, kicked a few on the trot and got themselves back in the game and it just set itself up for a, what was a fascinating last quarter in, like we've I've said a few times, just torrential downpour and, yeah. and heavy breeze. Yeah, and it was, look, for me it was an interesting tactical battle because you could see that, that Centrals were, were playing to not only the conditions but to... to um, 
the city's game style in that they actually, obviously they like to possess the ball across half back, get the ball into Aaron Davies' hands, get the ball in the hands of, of Sean Connolly and those, the good ball users, yeah. exactly. Um, and they knew they were going to do that and they pushed their numbers back and were kind of happy to give those possessions up the field and then wait for that bomb kick to come in and they had all the numbers behind the footy. So again, it was quite ugly early and they capitalised going forwards themselves to keep themselves in the game. Uh, so... That, that was one side of things that the, the dogs in that first half, from a tactical side of things, you, you thought, oh, they, they've got control of the game. But interestingly, the Lions, and again, we talk about Aaron Davies, he's kind of spray at halftime, but they stuck to their guns and decided, okay, well, our game style is that run and carry ball use. And that, that starting 15 minutes of that third quarter was, was really the difference in the game, that they just went bang, bang, bang. Not necessarily through anything other than that what they typically do is what's renowned as part of their play but got the ball in again. They're, they're good users' hands. Rather, rather than waiting for okay, well, the Bulldogs to allow their numbers to get back, they just went. They, they took every opportunity, short chip kick mark, they went short, uh, kicked down the line, they looked inboard. They were really looking to actually take the game on and, and banged on four or five goals to kind of give them that buffer that, that the Dogs were then not able to kind of bridge the rest of the game. Another interesting stat from that game, mate. So obviously Lions won the game and, and won most of the, the stat sheet. But Central's actually, again, won the contested possession, 165 to 103, which just shows you how, how heavily contested the game was. So plus 62 in contested possession for Central's. But again, they went at 54% yep. compared to 76% for the Lions. And given the first half, that 76% looks bloody good. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think it's... Again, it was, and that's where for me the tactics were interesting in that, that it made sense given the way that, especially in that third quarter, when it was really bucketing down, the wind was coming in sideways, would be where the footy let's just bang it down the line, like we saw in, in the, the women's game later on that night. But the Lions were saying, no, we're going to back our process um, and still were able to, as you said, control the footy, use that run and carry, which again is. We talked about it in terms of that Manunda and Port game earlier. It seems to be, at least from my side of things watching the first few games, is those those really kind of upper echelon sides that, that are able to use that outside run and carry, not just win the ball in the contest, but when it gets out, use their foot skills. Uh, that has been the differentiator in a lot of the, the games so far. Yeah, it was Timmy Eldridge in that yep. game who broke it open in that third quarter, yeah. uh, barely touched it in the first half and then just had some great great touches, broke it open, beat a few players, danced around, uh, used his speed and got inside 50. Yeah, uh, yeah fantastic game to watch. Yeah. And, um, yeah, despite the weather, it was a pleasure to call. Mate, Let's. it was Legacy Round, Round yeah. 2. Uh, so, you know, there was some great donations to FNQ Legacy. Uh, the ladies are out there giving out stubby holders and all sorts. So thanks to everyone for your support uh, for Legacy Round. And the, the key focus, Anzac Day, Tuesday, big matchup. Uh, North Cairns versus South Cairns. North Cairns hadn't won that men's senior clash, I think, in 10 years it's mm. been since they'd won that uh, shield. Uh, so, you know, all the anticipation was there, the build-up in North Cairns, the changing of the guard, the new committee, yep. new 22 from last year, and, geez, we were witness to an outstanding game. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It really was a cracker. And I think both, all, all three games, especially starting with the, the women's game as well, that was, to me, that was the game of the season from the women's perspective, and I've seen all of them now. And, and that one, that, that mix between the, the contested battle versus the class outside, really, really impressive. And then, as you said, into the men's game as well, that um, momentum swings back and forward. North really looked like they'd jumped the cutters and 
again, that contested footy that, that we've heard quite a few of them talk around now um, is that, that that's, their, that's their brand, is that they want to actually really hunt. They want to use their running ability uh, and, and they took control of that game early. The Cutters, though, a lot of their stars really got going in that third quarter. And again, we, we kind of said earlier that that was the real test for North Kansas is, is can we respond? We, we've had the lead. It's been wrestled straight back off us but from, with some class. Can we actually respond? But again, they were quite confident and, and hearing their comments at three-quarter time, hearing what we've heard after the game, they were quite confident that their process was still going to win out. And um, yeah, some of, some of their some of their kind of newer players really took the fore. James Neal, obviously one of the men, Zach Damon, he was, he was super impressive. Oh, yeah, he certainly was. Uh, you know, it was that third quarter, Alex Rogers, you know, hit the scoreboard, kicked three majors, uh, really stole the momentum off North, who were up by 35 points at half time. And it, it got to that point where it was, okay, what have North learnt yep. from that round one fixture against Port where they yeah. were in a very similar situation, had a great second quarter, were on top, dominating the game. Port came at them in that third quarter and then they dropped off and, and Port ran away with it in the end. And it was like, okay, what lessons were learnt? What have they adjusted in the, the week and a half, two weeks they had off in between those games? And, you know, that clearly the coaching group, uh, Sam Hughes, Jason Time, they've done some great work with that group because, you know, they responded and in that last 15 minutes, they were phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And we had the chance to catch up with, with James Neal, the Anzac Day medalist after the game. And he, he talked through, I guess, that process side of things and what they really took as a group at that three-quarter time break. Just structural-wise, go back to our standards. Um, First to the ball, play on your man, and yeah, just keep keep moving forward and win that ball. Yeah, what an impressive performance, uh, and uh, we'll show a couple of his highlights a bit later, I'm sure. I just want to quickly touch on on the women's game. Uh, like you mentioned, absolutely phenomenal uh, game of the season for the women's competition. Uh, we talked about in the preview the, the Tatiana Finland versus Heidi Talbot, that's exactly how it played out. Yep. Uh, they're both running on the outside, got plenty of ball, getting it inside 50, just work right through the roof. Uh, so it was great to see those two young ladies just going at it uh, and contributing to their sides. Plenty to like about both teams. Um, and I think, you know, very dangerous matchups uh, for other teams coming against them every week. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the mix of both teams. They're not necessarily too reliant on their inside or outside players. They've both got that, those marking targets that the strong presence is up for. They've got those kind of goal sneaks. There's obviously one of them that we've highlighted a few times. But they've got both of them have got that really nice inside-outside balance and some really strong defenders that actually set up play behind. So really, really impressive match. Um, Sarah Belton was one of the standouts for me, kind of co-captain of, of South Cairns. And again, had a chat with her. There's been a fair bit of change in South Cairns. Obviously, last year, we're one of the, one of the struggling sides, but have come out two and zip to start the season. And, and she really talked around the pre-season uh, and how that's really helped them as a club. Yeah, we were bottom of the ladder last year. And surprisingly, like we actually have a lot of the same girls. Um, we've just been in a real good development phase. We had a really, really good pre-season. Um, and we've also got a lot of young girls, which helps with legs for fitness. So. Yeah, it's great to see Sarah playing some good footy after a bit of an injury uh, late last year. Uh, I think uh, Hattie Nicholson, great to see her back in the park and playing good. I think uh, like Belton, like you mentioned, Bodic as well, um, played well in that game. Uh, mate, we'll jump into our tribal MVP votes for round two. Uh, let you kick off with the women's first. Yeah, look, it, and it was tough again across all the different games to try and pick five, but uh, I have got my list down from the weekend. Number one or one vote was 
Jen Robinson from the Menunda Hawks, obviously another one that had a really injury-interrupted year last year. Uh, look, she was, yes, they didn't get across the line, but she did everything she could to, could to try and keep them in the game. And her physicality around the footy was really impressive. And she's, again, looks like she'll be a barometer of, of how that club's going to perform this year. Um, Chelsea Stein from the, the Cairns Saints, two goals, a lot of the best in the end, in the end that was different, not many goals in that contest. So when the ball went forward, she had the ability to, to kind of take control of the game and, and put some through, which which was the difference in the end. Goal kickers in the women competition yep. are just critical. If you yeah. can hit the scoreboard in these low scoring games, yep. then it's, it's a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the threes, four and fives, all from that one game, the Anzac Day clash that we've touched on. So three votes, to me, went to Sarah Belton. We've touched on her already, but she, to me, is, is a fantastic kind of general for them off half back that doesn't mind the physical contest, but also then when the ball leaves the area, great at setting the team up. Um, just a really good communicator, and, and she was. There, there was a lot of ball that went down into that kind of defensive area, and she was she was kind of stayed calm under pressure and really led from the front. Sarah Chester, the Anzac Day medalist from the Cutters side of things, she was just prolific all day, even around the contest, and uh, kicked, kicked a goal as well. And uh, she, she was fantastic at the five votes, and, and she did definitely stand out here. Heidi Talbot, North Cairns, uh, Anzac Day medalist from North Cairns side of things. Uh, young player, but her run and carry and her ability and, and kind of poise on that stage was, was so impressive, and uh, she's got a very bright future ahead of her. That's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, well put, mate. Uh... As you said, very tricky to uh, just nominate five players from three games. Uh, so a few that I want to highlight. They're a bit unlucky to not get votes this week. I thought Barbero for the Hawks, uh, I think he had 36, is just, you know, cleans up every week um, and goes at a high efficiency rate as well. Brandon Deslandis had plenty of it, um, distributed off, and, you know, especially in the second half, distributed off half back, really got him going. And Cayman Ogilvy again had plenty of the ball and it's unlucky to miss votes this week. But I'll crack into my five. So one vote, Corey Flint, uh, probably the most influential for the Hawks in that game. Uh, coming off a, a great year last year, played NQ footy and played really well in that game. So it'd be interesting to see if he can really step his game up this year and take it to another level and, and push for sort of state state league um, aspirations that he may have. So uh, one vote to Corey, he had four, uh, 28 dis- disposals and six tackles. Two votes went to Daniel Davidson uh, from the Crocs. Uh, their best on uh, for mine had 28, went at 86%. Um, that's always going to be damaging with that many touches. Three votes, Brad Ryan from North Cairns kicked five goals, uh, but it was just his ability to get to contests, work rate right in that forward line. Uh, very tough matchup, and that's that's going to be, he's a very damaging player, and, and one I'm sure opposition clubs are going to keep an eye on very closely. He, he His presence, you're completely right, and, and even allowing Jace Tom to actually be a bit more flexible and use himself where he wants to, so ne- not necessarily having to be that target up forward. Um, having Brad Ryan down there meant that Jace could kind of come up on the wing and, and actually involve himself in the play, so having that target, and obviously five goals in the end was, was a real key in the contest. Yeah, and, and Jace actually spent a lot a lot more time off the field yep. and did some more coaching yep. from the sideline, uh, which I know is a focus and something we'll talk about tomorrow, actually. Yep. Uh, four votes went to Brandon Lovell. Uh, look, he, he had 22 at five inside 50, so not huge numbers, but watching the game, he was the corridor kick all day long. He straightened up their attack, and he was very damaging going forward. And it was just every single time he found himself in space through – hard work and just hit 
he was that that middle kick uh, when it was looking like it was just getting in tight contests out on the wing, found himself space, got good possessions and, and, and used it well. Uh, so four votes to Brandon Lovell, great game in tough conditions. And no surprise, five votes to Jimmy Neal from North Cairns. Um, I've talked about it last week, these votes, I'm looking for match winners. And, and for me, you know, it was pretty clear that he, he won that game for North. And there's go no further than that last highlight, the match ceiling goal, where he ran about 130 metres uh, deep in the fourth and a couple of minutes to go and everyone was out on their feet. Uh, you can see him on the vision, I'm sure we'll show it. Just, he, he's in the initial contest sprints to the opposite end of the ground, beats a defender, burns his teammate, granted, but kicks the goal, importantly, and uh, and wins him the game. So well done, James Newell. You got my five votes for the Tribal Sport MVP for round two. All right, mate, uh, a few plugs to finish the episode. Uh, so firstly, for me, Div 3 is not far away whatsoever. Uh, we are getting a, a swell of numbers. So if anyone's interested in playing, then please uh, jump online. We've got the registration link there. You can register straight into a team. It won't cost you a cent to play footy in the Div 3 this year. If you're already at a club uh, that doesn't have a team, just let your club know you're, you're keen to have a kick and they'll they'll organise a permit and we'll get you in a team. It's that easy. So if anyone's keen to have Friday night footy, nice social competition, uh, then jump on and register for Div 3. Uh, rep footy noms. All right, we've got All Stars and ISP, Underlights, Kazalis on a Friday night, the 26th of May. Uh, it's going to be a cracking occasion, and we're, we're looking for some for players to, to nominate or coaches to nominate their players uh, so we can start some training box in the next couple of weeks. Very exciting. And as I said last week, but he was out and about then. Uh, big course, the, the coach of the, of the women's All-Stars, he's, he's getting out to all the games. I know all the coaches are really getting out and trying to watch the talent. Um, but obviously the coaches themselves know these players better than anyone. So obviously a great to, to get those nominations and have those conversations internally at clubs. Yeah, if you're a player listening, you're keen to play, then make sure you give your coach a nudge and uh, get that nomination in. They do close after this weekend. So uh, time is running out. Uh, finally from me mate uh, we will have the preview for round three we'll do that episode tomorrow and we'll get that out before the weekend uh, very exciting quick snapshot we've got Jared Harbrow playing for the Hawks this weekend I uh, can't wait to see that uh, and we've also got a new segment where we'll uh, you know throw out some food for thought uh, and this week we're going to discuss playing coaches uh, I'll leave it there um, we'll discuss it in more detail tomorrow uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend mate? Yeah, look, we've said, and you mentioned Jared Harbour, the match of the round this week is that that match-up between North Cairns and Menunda. Two sides over the last couple of years that obviously in that rebuilding phase really on and off field and, and, and both clubs. It's just really interesting to see because Ailey Stadium should be a really interesting contest. Short turnaround for North. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, really interesting to see where both clubs are kind of at and, and uh, should be a really cracking, cracking game. Too easy, mate. Uh, I think that's it for the round two review. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll get the preview out for round three. Uh, as always, throw us a like, throw a comment in. If there's anything you want to hear or guest speakers, whoever it is, then let us know and we'll do our best to get it on. Otherwise, have a great rest of the week. I'll catch you soon. Catch you soon. This podcast series will take our listeners through the latest news, results, stats, and exciting matchups across the AFL Cairns competitions. This podcast contains the thoughts and opinions of our presenters and isn't necessarily represented across the organisation.